Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. As always, you can bring up whatever you want to discuss. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. As we kick off another live Saturday edition of the show. Freshly in from New York City. New York. Get a rope. It's, uh, well, not me, but you guys. I'm Ian. And tonight, this is the captain. And this is Mark Edge. Welcome back, Mark, to the uh, the main hey, studio. Yeah, what, what year is this, man? <laughs> right, I th- I'm not sure. Um, 2022. I think this is the first episode this year, and um, I think it's been more than a year since uh, Ian and I have been on yes. the air together in the same studio. I would refer to this as Free Talk Live Classic <laughs> plus me. I think that's true um, because we were given permission uh, by my federal masters to be able to speak again after, I don't know, nine months or eight months or something of that being unable to happen due to the uh, the bail conditions in this Crypto 6 case. For those just tuning in, our studios were raided in March of 2021, and I subsequently spent a couple months in jail. Our other co-host, Nobody, spent six months uh, behind bars. I was able to speak with him before I was able to speak with you. From what we can tell. Illegally, oh, from what yeah. we can tell. Yeah, I was By the way, to... no one pays for that. There's no nothing about that. Just time served. Yeah. Um, but I was able to speak with him before I was able to speak with you, Mark, just That's based correct. on the way motions got filed and approvals got made. and it's Stupid uh, stuff. But you've been traveling around, doing various different uh, visits to Honduras and other places, looking for uh, the freest place on the planet. I go to prepare a place for you. Uh, well, you can't do that because I'm uh, I'm under federal bail conditions, so I'll be staying right here. I think but, he's referring uh, to the audience as you in this yeah, particular okay, case. Uh, but anyway, so but you have been uh, out and about, and so while we've had interactions on the air, you've called into the show. Yep. Yeah, you, I don't think you've been back in the studio with me to do a show. So welcome back. Thank you. Uh, why were we in New York, Ian? Uh, well, you guys were at the Talkers Conference that is put on by Talkers Magazine. It used to be called the New Media Conference. They were trying to sort of brand it as something more than talk radio. And there's certainly a lot of podcasters at this event. Yeah, and then they just changed it. I think it's just called Talkers. Just Talkers, now. yeah. And I think that, you know, just Talkers 2022. Well, they figured they did it for enough years calling it New Media. How long can you get a, get away with calling a thing new? Right. Yeah. For <laughs> right, well, like how many years? New York. Or new sure. Jersey, Isn't New podcast New Media though? Is, Is it? it it's almost new? twenty years old now. Okay. Streaming's even older than podcast. Podcast started yeah. in two thousand five, so we're not quite to twenty years on that technology, but it's it's coming. But really, the term podcast just refers to an audio file. Uh, no, the, po- the term podcast actually refers to, if you want to get technical, a person liked audio. an RSS feed that has links to audio files, uh, okay. and that allows the uh, person who has what's called a podcast catcher or a client yeah. to be able to subscribe to a show that they previously would have to go and fetch. They'd have to go every day to download the, the show, their, the their favorite show. Yeah, yep. the right. So basically, if you uh, recorded some sort of talking, I guess is generally how podcasts are, mm-hmm. onto an MP3. That in and of itself is the podcast, the content of the podcast. The method in which you receive that is what you're describing. That is the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I had a long, pedantic conversation with a gentleman at the Talkers uh, 2022 about this. about this very thing, is that podcasts didn't exist until RSS feeds existed. That's correct. Because right. I sort of create, claimed, I made the claim that Free Talk Live had podcasts before podcasts were a thing. Right. And to his mind, podcasts couldn't be a thing until podcasts were a thing because 
a thing technology. can't exist until it's not. And yeah. the, it, the, he's word has, the word has started to be used to simply describe a show. I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah. But that's not technically what the definition right. is. Right. A podcast is the RSS feed that fetches the MP3. In the same way that Bitcoin is not all cryptocurrencies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But it is frequently used uh, to Or a digital all. currency. The government's going to make its own Bitcoin. No. Right? They'll say something like that. Digital mm-hmm. currency, yeah. Right. But the government already has a digital currency. What is the functional difference between the Federal Reserve's cryptocurrency or China's, which I believe they've already rolled They're out? They're working on, yeah. What do they call that central bank CBDC, digital currency? Central bank yeah. digital currency, right? Yeah. The, the Chinese central bank digital rahimbi, or whatever mm-hmm. they're calling it. Um, what is the difference between that and what the yuan has been up to this point already? Which That's is an digital. excellent question. I don't know. I can clear. I, I can clear that up for you. Good. Oh, can you? Okay, because I'm just going to take a stab and Please, say uh, that it can interact with cryptocurrency. Nope, not no? necessarily. Okay, because I was under the impression that it was more like a stable coin than nope. what the currency currently is. No, a stable coin would be a uh, tip- the typical definition of a stable coin is something that is not issued by the government, right. but is backed by something issued by the government. So it is a uh, cryptocurrency token that supposedly somewhere there's a dollar. So it might be a, if it's a dollar stable coin, then supposedly the company that issues it has a dollar to back that somewhere in a safe somewhere. Or if it's, a, that it's dollar, an ounce of gold, then they have an ounce of gold sitting in a but safe. But that dollar could be backed by a bond it could that be. is denominated in dollars. It so, for be. instance, you could have a million dollars backing uh, Ian Coin, mm-hmm. and but that million dollars is in a bond, which presumably is liquid enough that you can maybe within a couple. There's of a lot days, of real questionable oh, yes. uh, things oh, yes. out there with the world well, of stable right. coins. But but to get back to the original question about what is a central bank digital currency and how is it different from let's say the digital money in your credit card or the digital dollars in your bank account, right? Because right. right. those are digital. Those are digital. Most of the money out there, quote unquote. In the United States, isn't physical paper right? It's digital. So well, what's the at difference? this point, we don't even know what any of that stuff. To, to stop you before you uh, to, to go on here is, is they stopped reporting M three, as I recall it. This is money three, M three back in two thousand and four. They stopped M reporting M one and M two, probably three years ago during the Trump administration. So at this point. There is also an M0, which is the actual denomination of bills and coins, Mm. which is interesting because the Federal Reserve issues bills, the Mint issues coins. So on one hand, you have government money. On the other hand, you have private bankers, private bank money, and they should cancel each other out because the government borrows money from the bank. (laughs) So the coin should cancel the – right? I mean like – Nobody knows how much money there is, the idea. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I just want to point out real quick that to our listeners that might find all this confusing, it's it all it's all based around the fact that there is not enough physical dollars to equate the number of dollars that are passed around between individuals, banks, uh, and financial and, and institutions. And what would be the point um, of it being a physical, physical dollar since a physical dollar is just paper anyway? It's not backed by anything. You know, it used to be that a silver certificate said redeemable for one ounce of silver, and you could go get yourself a nice, shiny Eisenhower, um, you know, silver dollar. Right. That and had, that's, of course, how the crypt- or how currency became, was it used yeah. to be backed by something. Yes. Yeah, they got rid of that. So to answer the question of what's the difference between this proposed central bank digital currency that they're working on in China, I believe the Bahamas is working on one. There's a few different countries around the world that are mm-hmm. close uh, to releasing these things, the U.S. government has not yet said for sure they're going to move forward with it or the Federal Reserve. But the basic difference would be 
the central bank digital currency cuts out the private banks with the exception of the federal reserve so the banks of america the uh the jp morgan all these other bankers would be completely cut out of the equation from the central bank digital currency which is why the big bankers are actually against the central bank digital currency so it would allow uh individuals at least as proposed and there's different potential models for it it would allow the federal reserve essentially to open up accounts for everybody with a social security number ah and then it would allow total monitoring, total control, because they have a lot of ability to monitor bank accounts, right? Sure. But they usually have to go to the bank and ask them to pull the records. franchises and, as opposed yeah. to, you know, the, the direct home stores. Right. right. So this would be total direct monitoring of every American's monetary purchases and, you know, inflows, outflows and all that. Yeah. It also would allow them to easily issue welfare payments without having to go through a EBT card or a, you know, a, whatever bank account, issuing a check, that kind of thing. Right. So, like, imagine the the, uh, the $1,200 checks that people got at the very beginning of, of COVID. So instead of having to send out a bunch of checks, they would just... That sounds superior. Poof. There I mean, it is in your central bank digital currency wallet. When I think about um, you know the 2008 bank crisis and too big to fail, I would certainly have rather seen all the money that was created at that time and the time, you know, all the money in the last three years go to American people rather than to big international banks. Well, don't worry. The big international banks are probably not going to go anywhere because oh, no. they have a lot of influence. Parasites are resilient. Yeah. And so if we if we do see a CBDC in the United States, it will likely be just part of a new three-tier system, basically. They're going to keep cash around for a while and keep the bankers involved. More coming up. Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Live Saturday show, that's 603-283-6160. So happy that we have some more Truth Smacks here in the studio, thanks to Suzanne, the former English teacher and longtime truth seeker who recently started her own trail mix brand. She's making it, bagging it, and sealing it herself in a commercial kitchen down in Naples, Florida, and I understand she's coming up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. To sell some true smacks. And oh, nice. I suspect that she will, because they're excellent uh, trail mix, and they're made with all raw, unadulterated ingredients. You don't get any artificial crap here with, uh, with true smacks. It's food as nature intended, and I think that alone would go over really well at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yeah. Plus... Every bag of Truth Smacks is basically an outreach project. It's an outreach tool because it's got, I don't know, six to a dozen, depending on the size of the bag, uh, quotes on the back, very freedom-oriented, infamous or famous quotes that might just motivate some people who are not already on board with the ideas of freedom to check it out. Great thing to give your hiking friends, but frankly... I, I mean, I can't say I've taken the Truth Smacks on a hike. I'm eating it around the house. I'm just eating it around the house, <laughs> and they're delicious. Yeah. That spearmint, uh, the, excuse me, the peppermint uh, variety yeah. that they have, I think is really special. I really enjoy it. It's um, controversial. Yep. I'll, I'll say some that. Some hosts like it, some hosts don't. Yep. But everybody loves the original. It is. Uh, well, Hands down. It, it agreed, but I kind of feel like the, the, the thing that separates the original from other, uh, you know, snacks is, is that it's all natural. Yep. And it's um, it's got it's, it's it's particularly tasty. It's got a lot of sh- uh, chocolate in it. I think I love it. Yeah. The um, the the peppermint though. 
I've never had anything like it in my life. I'm pretty sure it's the same mix, just with peppermint yeah, oil on it. But I've never it. had yeah, anything yeah, like it in my life. It's delicious. Yeah. Uh, truthsmacks.com slash shop. It is a great way to smack your friends and family with the truth in a loving way. Uh, it's truthsmacks.com slash shop. They are spreading truth one delicious morsel at a time. You don't need to wait till Pork Fest. You can get them right now at truthsmacks.com slash shop. There's two sizes, by the way, and the two different uh, flavors. So check that out. As we go, uh, well, we've got your calls, of course. If you want to make them, you can bring up anything at 603-283-6160. I was going to talk about the protests that are going Mm. on all across the United States, apparently, today. But we ended up getting sidetracked into discussing the central bank digital currency and what it is that will separate the digital currency, the central bank digital currency, from the existing forms of digital dollars today. And the uh, again, the short answer to that is total control. Right. And that's the thing that we hadn't gotten to yet was yeah. the potential for evil in this. Um, that is remember, the intention. I'm trying to remember the, the name of the movie. It was uh, maybe 20 years ago or so where, uh, you know, the powers that be, right, the government, if mm-hmm. you will, cut off. A person's everything, their bank accounts, right. their ID, all that kind of stuff. I think uh, it was a female lead in that movie. I can't remember the name of the movie, but that's the type of horrible things that are possible with a central bank digital currency. Uh, government would have total control over your financial life mm-hmm. uh, by forcing everyone to transact in this particular form of the dollar instead of the current form, uh, or even cryptocurrency for that matter, which mm, I don't know if they can stop. The only question that I have still is I'm not sure how they can eliminate cash. They will probably not. And the strongest argument that was brought up about this is that you still need to have the the politicians are still going to want to take payments. Right. That's, right? that's, that's <laughs> that what I was. They, yeah, they did that one. That, that's what I and yeah. I still haven't got a real answer. to. I that. don't think there's a proposal yet to get rid of cash. I think eventually they want to try to figure out how to do that. But as long as politicians are on the take, they're going to want a briefcase full of cash. They're not going to want anything that's traceable. Right. The politicians have been on the take through banks for some time. I agree with you that that might be one of the reasons mm-hmm. that you might retain it. But I'm skeptical. They're going to find, I mean, you know, graft and corruption finds its way around. True. And politicians are experts at this. I think that, um, you know, the, the, well, central banks have wanted this kind of control long enough that it's coming. By the way, this is just, just for those that don't know, this is the definition of the number of the beast. So in Revelations, they talk about a number that's going to be on your hand or Mm -hmm. your forehead that's going to allow you to transact and allow you to do business. And without it, you won't be. So it's not like this idea is new. No. This is it. This is effectively what you're being warned about 2,000 years ago. And will it be used? Will the number of the uh, number of the beast be used for good, ladies and gentlemen? That's what I want to know. I don't think so. It also strikes a, a chord, a harmony, if you will, with all of the points of Brave New World, because it will literally create a an underground class of human beings. There will be people who will live outside of this central bank yep, digital sure. currency system, and they will be outside of everything that you consider normal today, health care, finance, 
you know, property ownership. They're already pushing people out of healthcare with all the mask nonsense. Right. And also mandatory, you must have insurance Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But they already push people out of the banking system currently. Sure. I mean, those people live marginal lives and then they have to try to solve the problem that they created with their banking system. I mean, but, you know, you bounce one check at... 18 years old Mm -hmm. and you're going to be you're going to have a lot of problems for the next two years trying to figure out how to get your banking situation sorted out these days now i bounced a lot of checks in my life because i'm a bad uh, money manager i just (laughs) i just bounce checks (laughs) you don't i know you don't i bet you most 18 year olds have never even written a check that's probably accurate in fact i was done writing checks when i moved to new hampshire I had to get a checkbook so I could pay my water and sewer bill <laughs> yeah. when I bought my house because they didn't, they would they accept credit cards. They, they only accept MasterCard. They won't <laughs> take v, oh, MasterCard and American Express, yeah. but they won't take uh, You got to pay Visa. the extra fee too if you want to use a card with the government. But also they had the mask mandates and the lockdown and everything. Yeah. And I didn't want to go deal with government bureaucrats in person and be forced to have to do anything. So instead of showing up in person to pay it, I just got some checks and now once every quarter I write a freaking check. Yeah. How do people get overdrawn on their accounts now? I don't know this. I don't know the answer to this. Um, oh, um, I think that some banks, so, you know, they issue debit cards, right? Yeah, sure. And some banks will cover up to $100 negative, basically, okay. or something like that. Each bank has its own policies on yeah. that. Like, oh, yeah, we're, you're good for 100 bucks, but they still hit you with a fee. Yeah. Okay. Right? So that's that would that's be the whole way. point, right? Yeah. You know. So any kind of overdrawing or any kind of uh, debiting. Right, so any automatic debit for your power bill or something like that, again, that would bring you into the negative if you aren't good with money and you don't have to money in the account. Yeah. Uh, did we clarify the CBDC is good enough? Are we good on that? Mark? I think so. I think so, questions yeah. about it. All right, it's going to be something that is going to keep coming up. By the way, because they are it's they're in the central process bank of talking digital about currency. It. Yeah, the central bank digital currencies. They are in the process of planning this thing. They released earlier this year a lengthy report. You know, they hired already had MIT come up with the software that, you know, the potential, oh, here's the demo, here's how it could work, that kind of thing. So basically, they're just arguing with the bank, big banks over what sort of form this should take if it is approved. Yep, and so, they're already doing this basically in China. They have a uh, yeah. app which you do all your payments on, so it's effectively a banking app they, that you do all your chatting on. It's effectively Twitter and Facebook. And you, um, I mean, you get a social credit score. You get everything through this app, WeChat. And yeah, right. it's terrifying that that might be coming to America. But, of course, authoritarian organizations like authoritarian ideas. There's more coming up here. Coming up, the uh, big, big protest. Thousands of people in the streets in D.C. and across the United States and apparently as many as 400 cities today in favor of gun control. We'll talk about it on the way. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com it's free talk live and you can join us here the number 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 
Joining you in the studio tonight is Ian. The Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass is also here. <laughs> and Mark. Also, Free Talk Live brought to you by Bitcoin.com. We were just talking about central bank digital currencies. And, of course, that is the government's so-called answer to the new digital <laughs> world <It's> not currency. <laughs> uh, they're going to try to pretend like it is, even though uh, Bitcoin, of course, is decentralized. Oh, you like digital money? We've got digital money for you. Yeah. Yeah. We've had digital money for years. There's we'll going to be, be some it. key differences between things like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and the government monies. And you can go to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started at the top of the page, and start learning about what are those differences. Why is uh, the technology behind Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, why is it so special? What what makes it worth learning about? They'll give you some of that uh, those details over there at uh, Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started at the top of the page and begin your odyssey into the world of cryptocurrency. Plus, you can get the latest news headlines any old time you want to over at News.Bitcoin.com. So, the big news, I think, right now, as far as what's happening today in D.C. and in uh, cities all across the United States, according to the mainstream media reports, and there's a photograph here with people as far as the eye can see in this photo at the National Mall in Washington, D.C., uh, in front of the Washington Monument. Thousands. Are they, are they wearing hats? I'm, told, hats, I'm told to look for the hats. They might mean something. Um, actually, no. Okay. No, they've got shirts on, though, and t-shirts. lots of signs. The T-shirts say, March for Our Lives. And this group apparently was formed in Parkland after the Parkland shooting in, I think it was 2017. That's in Florida. Mm-hmm. So thousands of people rallied today in a renewed push for gun control measures after a recent mass shootings, which we've talked about here. Of course, Uvalde, Texas at the elementary school, and then Buffalo at the grocery store. Uh, that Would any of the measures that are on the table for being approved have done anything to prevent the shootings as they occurred? Well, no, of course not, because you can't stop a psychopath from doing it's, horrifying things. It's already illegal to you know, grab a gun, gun and yeah. go shoot people wherever they may be. The overlooked thing by the majority of the public, of course, is that the government is creating sitting ducks by creating gun-free, gun-free zones. zones. And so anytime you have a whole bunch of sitting ducks, that's going to be very appealing to evil people. But I'll play devil's advocate for your question, Mark, and uh, I'll say, well, in this case, uh, the man that did the shooting in Uvalde was 18 years old, and the proposal, one of the proposals on the table that has already passed the U.S. House, now being debated in the Senate or whatever, is to raise the age of purchase of, uh, of rifles from 18 to 21. Did the man who had the rifle in Uvalde, Texas... Purchase it? I suspect, I think he did. Okay. I I believe he had two rifles in that case. Okay. In fact, that was what was, for some people, unbelievable. They were shocked that an 18-year-old could have saved enough money to buy two guns. It's like, that's not that much. I mean, it's a few thousand bucks, right? But if you've got- Not even. It depends on the type of rifle. I mean- I think it was the M14 styles, but I could could be wrong. Well, I I mean, they have uh, Bushmaster. I mean- Does does this proposal to raise the age of firearms- uh, apply to both police and military? No, of course not. Well, then it seems inconsistent to me. Well, they will make an exception, obviously, for government agents. I mean, they want their shooting guys people to have in guns. the government's name. Yes, yeah. um, and so, indeed they will. Also, the one of the things that concerns me is is that why would we want hegem- homogeneity in governance? Right? Like, wouldn't you want 
a bunch of different experiments to see what works best. Yes. That's what I would want. Um, and therefore, in my opinion, if you think that your life will be better in a place where they don't have guns or the guns are illegal and that sort of thing, go there. Sure. Now, I'm not really – I'm not telling you to leave America. I'm not, I'm not trying to give that flippant response. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is the most empowering thing that I can come up with is you should have the government that you want. And if you want a government – that has already taken people's guns away, by God, it's out there. Almost all of them... Move to San Francisco. Well, Move I mean, to Chicago. Even, even inside the United States, you can do it. But, yeah. uh, you know, they still have shootings inside the U.S. It's really difficult to manage 600 million guns in the hands of 300 million people. And if Not I, even that. If I don't want government, can I have that as well? Um, or should, should I, according probably to your, not. According to your uh, your statement, you can get close in so much as you could pick the say five, top, top five freedoms that you want, and find a place that had those top five freedoms. Sure, but you probably if you're if you're like I'm a non stamp collector stamp collector, um, like I must have no government in order to. Yeah, actually, you can you can have no government by get buying a sailboat and going out fourteen now, miles. I'm just saying in your uh, you're saying that people should get the government that they want. If yeah. if a guy wants none, he should get it, right? You you should, in because my opinion. I, yes. I agree with your statement about there should be a whole bunch of experiments, if you will, or a whole bunch of. Uh, and and decentralize these things, right, mm-hmm. down to the individual level, right, to where, hey, you know what, if you don't want to have any guns, Mark, that's cool. I respect that. But you must also respect that I'm going to have a gun. That's true in America, but, I mean, you can go to Great Britain, and they've taken care of almost all of the gun crime in Great Britain. Now people stab each other. Um, they're trying to get rid of the pointy pieces of well, metal. Uh, if you exclude government gun crime... I I I doubt they're probably not killing that many people in. Um, they certainly ally with all of the uh, sure. you know with the U.S. for for example, but not in Great Britain. And mm-hmm. they certainly do own guns and bombs and tanks and planes and you know all of the implements of destruction that any other government owns. Well, I have uh, I have implements of destruction at my house too. I don't use them on people, so it's you not got, bad you, to have. You them. got F-15s. You I got do not tanks, have an F-15. You, got, you know. Missiles. I don't know if the Great Brit- the British government would be caught dead with an F-15. I'd have to check on that. Um, they probably have their own little, you know, British. I'm just saying, don't air- forget, aircraft. don't forget that governments are the largest killers and the hev- most heavily armed entities on the planet. Sure, um, and I agree. But I just think that if you're going to travel all the way to Washington to go on a march, keep traveling because um, you know you can leave. And go to some place where you can get what you want. This or just is, stay in D.C. I'm pretty sure the guns are highly restricted there. Yeah. Or, but, I mean, to me, it seems really disempowered to go and beg politicians to do what you want over and over and over and over again when you can go someplace and get closer to what you want. Yeah. And more that's people what my should opinion. do that. More, more people should take that advice uh, from Mark and and just split up. In fact, there's been a lot of talk about national divorce recently, and I think we're going to hear even more of it, especially if people like this actually start to gain more traction. We start to see even more restrictions coming from the federal government. Uh, you may start to see more people taking the idea of uh, peaceful secession seriously. 
And that is really the best solution here. Not only should you move, as Mark is saying, migrate for more or less freedom, depending on what you're looking yeah. for. There are places that are more apt to what you're, you're searching for. But then you should also ask those places, those politicians in those places or whatever, to say goodbye to the federal government and start talking about secession as something that is a realistic possibility. I know, Mark, you don't believe that it is. Uh, but it, well, I don't think it's. Uh, I think it's more and less realistic for different geopolitical designations. I think once you're talking about the United States, it starts getting less likely. But if you were talking about um, Palau, for mm-hmm. instance, they did. Where's Philippines? That? Oh, you don't know about this? No, you're a, you're a secession expert, and you don't know not an that places have left the United States. Never said and I been was an devastated financially. Palau is a U.S. territory. <laughs> it was at one point uh, part of the trust territory uh, hmm. during the from World War II. Um, uh, so, if you're talking about say uh, the Northern Mariana Islands, mm-hmm. or you're talking about U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, Puerto Rico, these places could successfully pull off a secession. It would be devastating financially for them to do so, Why? but they could because they wouldn't because they don't generate the kind of money that they take in in federal aid. So they're welfare states. Sure. Yeah. So so are many of the states in the United States. Not New Hampshire. The number here is 603-283-6160. I believe New Hampshire is what's called a donor state, meaning that more tax money comes out of the people of New Hampshire than comes Hampshire, back to the government. The United States isn't going to let uh, states secede that it goes to another state like Maine. There's more on the way here. Uh, there's, uh, you can share your thoughts on Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The phones are open here. And as always, you can join us. Bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, you've got Ian. The captain. And Mark. Don't forget, you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. And thank you to AC, who is a Free Talk Live supporter via our AMPS Patreon. You can join it over at amps.freetalklive.com. A-M-P-S. Freetalklive.com. AC's doing uh, silver level, which means that he is sending over five bucks a month to support what we do here to advertise, market, promote, and support. That's what AMPS stands for. You can join it with your debit card, your credit card, or your PayPal account over at amps.freetalklive.com. Thanks, AC. Yeah, for those that aren't used to hearing uh, my voice, I am one of the founding members here of Free Talk Live. Uh, basically, two, right? Ian, how do you, how do you count that? Yeah, sounds fine. Basically, two founding hosts of Free Talk Live. And uh, yesterday, the captain and I were up down in uh, Long Island near New York City, and I received the most prestigious award in radio, the Freedom of Speech Award, and I just wanted to let everyone know. You deserved it. (laughs) You did receive it. However... You even gave a speech, I heard. You I did. did give a speech that yeah. you wrote. And there's because there's it, video of it, too, which yeah. is coming soon. Because it has your name on it, Ian. <laughs> I'm so proud Thanks. of you for receiving this award. I really am. Um, so this is the most prestigious award in radio. It's called the Freedom of Speech Award. And in my opinion, for as long as they've had this thing, I remember whispering 30 to 30-something years. Yeah, yeah. For, I remember whispering to you that they were giving this thing out. I think they were giving it to Robin Quivers, who was receiving it for Howard Stern mm-hmm. the first time. And I said, that should be for you. And finally, finally, you have received the Freedom of Speech Award. And I think that it is, uh, it, I, I think it's just great. 
and everybody to a person. Mind you, I've never been to one of these. I know you guys go every year or whatever. Yeah. I've never been to one of these. I, it said Free Talk Live on my name tag, so people kind of got the idea that I right. was associated with y'all. Uh, and everybody was like, I wish Ian could be here. Say hi to Ian. You know, all this oh, kind of stuff. Sweet. Like all, all of the sentiment was there from almost everybody to a person. And, and um, I mean, just re- just how many people remarked, man, I, I, you know, this award was made for Ian. And That's that he got nice. it, and uh, and almost everybody too that you know Mark introduced me to, or anybody who is aware of your situation, they think it's BS. Yep. So you know there right. are people who are like, I can't believe he can't be here because of this BS. Yeah. Right. That's basically Ian's speech is so dangerous that the Federal Bureau of Investigations, um, the U.S. Attorneys of uh, New Hampshire, and apparently one federal judge. Am I wrong on that one or not, Ian? What do you mean? Is the uh, they they couldn't handle the idea of you going? These people couldn't. Uh, handle the it. judge, not the judge, was never asked. Okay, so uh, uh, forgive me. Yeah, uh, uh, the the FBI and the U.S. Attorney just can't put up with the idea of you going and receiving the Freedom of Speech Award. No, there are violent earned. criminals that actually have lesser bail bail restrictions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. by far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because the violent criminals aren't a threat to the uh, the state and its banker masters. That's the truth. Uh, but you went, and thank you for that, and I'm looking forward to seeing how the, the speech went over with the crowd, because it was They were really excited about it. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. I was I kind of taking them to task with the, your, with the content. Your speech was intended to scold some, yeah. and I think it did scold some, yeah. but it got, a, it got applause at the end of it. Um, and it was short, which okay, is great. what everybody wants. From That's speeches. what I wanted. I want to make whenever <laughs> whenever I get the chance to speak at Talkers, which has only been on a rare occasion over the over the years. I always like to keep it shorter than whatever the allotted time is, and I think I cu- cut this one to three ish minutes, basically. So right, and then I had about a, probably a minute on uh, nice. on top of that. Yeah, the thing you don't want to do at these conferences is be the drunk guy who gets up in front of the crowd and just rambles on and, and on. on. It hasn't happened in a few years, <laughs> no. but Al Franken, I think, was the most notorious yeah. for just going on and not even realizing that everyone's checking their watch and like, all right, man, are <laughs> uh, you done yet? Yeah, there was one we of those. You can talk. He wasn't drunk, uh, but there was one of those. Uh, this let me, year? Let me tell you about me. Just drunk on himself. Is what you're Let me tell you about yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was a very, very uh, frightening thing that I heard at the talkers' Is this convention. The Bill O'Reilly thing. Yeah, he. Uh, speaking of gun control and the mm. protests and that F kind it, of thing. We'll do it live. <laughs> yeah, that that guy. That yep. guy. That's <laughs> the guy. Uh, so he was a, a guest, and uh, he got on stage, and he uh, exclaimed that the solution to the gun violence problem in the United States of America is to federalize all gun crime. Oh, boy. So that, you know, guy walks into wherever with a gun and shoots some people. It's automatically yeah, a federal FBI's crime, right? Case. Instead of being treated on a state-by-state cases. It's a, yeah. And I was just like... Are, are the state police doing such a bad job conducting investigations into gun crime that uh, somehow we need to bring in the fibbies? 
I don't think so. I, or I, would we just hire all of the state cops to the federal level? Because almost every crime at this point is uh, almost all violent crimes are gun crimes. His right? argument was supported by I know more than you do because I'm educated <laughs> and like he flaunted some sort of degree that he has or whatever and you know that kind of a thing. And so I know more than you, so I say this is the solution. Well, the worst like, oh statists God. tend to be the educated ones. I I was I, I like kind of got sick to my stomach. Yeah. A little bit watching and listening to that i was just like Ugh. i was out talking to some friends it's nicer so thanks for going to that guys again that was uh, the talkers conference and uh, hopefully i'll get to go next year that'd be nice that'd be, that'd be great uh 603-283-6160 the written speech is over at freetalklive.com you can read that there and then once we have the video i'll i'll post that there for those you have the video you just have to get it it needs some, some once it's trimming. ready and, the file uh, itself is only yeah. like eight minutes so i imagine it'll be a you know an it'll easy be easy watch uh, all right, so uh, 603-283-6160. David is on the line in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. David. Oh, Freedom of Speech Award. That might explain why I didn't hold 90 minutes to have my call die on hold today. Yay. I'm okay, are you uh, calling for some reason? Go ahead. David needs the uh, Freedom uh, of Speech Award. Listen to, Mr., listen to Mr. Freedom of Speech. Yes, I am calling for a reason. All right, First of all, I want, to, I want to expose... Hello? You're, you're, you're right here. <laughs> Jesus, that would be funny. <laughs> Um, expose I want to expose away. Hello? You're here. I want oh, Jesus. To, hello? <laughs> All right, one more, and then you're going to be gone. You keep, talking, you keep talking over me, Mr. Freedom of Speech. So I want to expose government, and before I do that, let me answer your question. I don't agree with Bill O'Reilly, but the, Bill O'Reilly's reason for having the feds enforce gun crimes is because they have mandatory minimums for gun crimes. That's why, that's why as, as uh, compared to like the state of New Mexico, where you can do gun crimes and literally get released on your own recognizance same day. <laughs> so that, that's why... Uh, thank you. Uh, oh, by the way, the uh, DA that does that releases uh, gun crime people uh, same day on their own recognizance is Raul Torres, the guy that uh, wanted to put me in prison for calling radio stations in the uh, state of New Mexico, you know, like KKOB and KUNM. Oh, KUNM, a public uh, university radio station. They, I guess they'll never be getting a Freedom of Speech Award. Uh, I doubt any radio station in the state of New Mexico will get a Freedom of Speech Award. So back to exposing government, like judges. Judges are government, right? So we got a judge named Tommy Jewell. Tommy Jewell, I believe you looked him up a while ago uh, when I mentioned him, uh, Ian. A uh, ninth-degree black belt, a black guy with a black belt, and probably some argyle socks. Uh, anyway, Tommy Jewell was the presiding judge of the Children's Court in the Second Judicial District, and so was M. Monica Zamora, and so was John J. Romero Jr. Yeah, see any uh, incest or nepotism there? And Captain can supply the word of the uh, the uh, what's the, the the two words combined? I forgot the Nepo name of that. For, for that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Nepocestuous. Just for what's listeners that don't know, you're referring to judges that have uh, basically trafficked your children. They took your kids from you. They didn't uh, basically traffic my children. Let me go on the record with this. Judge Angela Jewell and M. Monica Zamora and John J. Romero Jr. absolutely, beyond the shadow of a doubt, 
traffic my children because I proved it in their own state of New Mexico, New Mexico Court of Appeals, with a unanimous three-judge decision, Wexler, Bustamante, and Kennedy, high rod. And then they gave you your kids back in $200,000 for all the time, right? No, they, they gave me nothing. I've never seen them again, even though Judge Roderick Kennedy wrote in his own hand, uh, we're, we're, we're reversing Monica Zamora because she broke the law, and we're man, remanding this back to Judge John J. Romero. And how many years ago was that remand? That was like, I don't know, 12, who's counting? 12 yeah. years? 11 years? It's rough, man. Thank you for the call tonight. That uh, Judge Jules sounds like a real gem. I'm sure he's not the only one that they're doing this to. I want to know what David does, because I've been around musicians, singers specifically mm-hmm. in this case. I want to know what David does to condition his voice. Because, warm up? Yeah, because he's, I mean, I just picture him with his cell phone in hand about three feet away from his face. Okay, here's what I'm talking about today. <laughs> uh, just yelling at the phone. <laughs> I want to know what his warm-up is. Is it lemon? Is it tea? Honey? Uh, what is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. You can bring up whatever you want, but yeah, the family courts suck, and a lot of people have been uh, just had their freedoms and their families destroyed by that system. There's more coming up here. You can join us. Hour two's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Kicking up the second hour of the live Saturday show. The phones are open if you want to join us at 603-283-6160. In the news today, thousands of people in Washington, D.C. and in cities across the country rallying against guns for gun control. Uh, It's called the, not the Million Mom March, March for Our Lives is what this one's called. We can uh, get into more about that. Your calls and thoughts, of course, are welcome with you tonight. It's Ian. The Reverend Captain Kickass. And Mark. We're going to go right into your calls and thoughts. First up, we got Mud on the line in Washington State in the Spokane area. Go ahead, Mud. Hello, first time listener, first time caller. Welcome. Um, Welcome, sir. Impressive. Thank you. I uh, want to give a shout-out to last caller, Dave. Uh, that was a lot of coffee he's probably had today. I'm going <laughs> to jump on that wagon. Hey, so I wanted to talk about, it seems to me like a lot of um, liberal people, they don't know the difference between firearms. They don't know the no. difference between calibers. Um, they don't know the difference between a shotgun and um, an AR-15, which is essentially a, a twenty-two, with just a little bit more power. But... They, they say that that's something that the military carries. Um, I wonder if they, they just 
look at a gun and they think that that's something that the military carries because of the looks. Mm, yeah. Now, now they've got a bill that just passed, and uh, I wonder if they're checking out any of the data from when Bill Clinton was in office and he passed all this stuff, you know, uh, magazines and stuff like that. Are they looking back at the data from when he had done that? I, know, I'm going to guess. Now? I'm going to guess. No, they're not looking at any of that because all they want is for you not to have guns. Right, they absolutely they themselves don't want to have guns either. Oh, they're definitely they afraid also don't them. know what it takes to buy one. Right? right, like they believe that you can go to Walmart and buy a fully automatic, uh, you know, AK forty seven or whatever it is, and that, walk out same day. Walk right? out same yeah. day and mow down the parking lot. Um, well, and then they try to do such a thing. Automatic. They think that if you hold down to the trigger, that um, you know. They don't know the difference between fully automatic and, and semi-automatic either. No, yeah, there's a variety of misconceptions out there, no doubt, and um, I, I think that I think that they don't want to know what Why would the facts they? are. They're terrified. They're terrified of guns. They just see them as evil tools. Except if they're in the hands of the government, then it's totally fine. Well, yeah. in many uh, cases, which, they don't like the government until they want the government to do a thing. You can't do gun control without guns. You must have people with guns in order to do gun control. Right. So they don't really want gun control. They just want to point the guns of government at people who disagree with them. Well, you know, the, the raising of the age, that doesn't bother me. I'm in my 40s. So, and, you know, I, I have my, my license. I have to wait a little bit longer now. It went from five days to seven to 14 the last time I, I bought a another toy why doesn't that but, bother uh, you is it just because you're like oh well i'm too old so i don't care what happens to young people well, it, it, it just doesn't it, i do you know i guess i haven't thought about it too much it personally it doesn't affect me well do, um, yeah it does because everybody out there that wants to have a gun that is willing to be a responsible gun owner should be able to have one and then therefore those people provide for a safer society if they are responsible people we want them to be armed don't we and don't forget the 20,000 gun laws that exist justify the 20,000th and first gun law um every time you know if these people are legitimate in a country where it says shall not be infringed regarding gun laws um if if they can have twenty thousand gun laws, then they can have twenty thousand and one or two. Yeah, Mud, you got to be real careful with saying things like "Oh, well, it doesn't affect me" because well, people people who have I, their rights trampled. Back. Let me rephrase it then, because they they can enlist eighteen year olds into the military, they can. and there are those responsible ones. Um, so it, it just it, there's a, a big gray area there. Um, I think that the difference between generation x and generation z holy we wrote the book man there's nothing that kids could do and get away with stuff you know we, we know it better um but yeah so i, I get your point on that but you know yeah, you have to, to stand they, up for the rights of everybody if you believe in the right to bear arms then that right applies across human beings uh, whatever their age is. Honestly, I don't think you should have a minimum age at all, as long as the parents are willing. They think, well, if, parents think, think is- if parents think that their kids are responsible enough, they've been to their gun range, they've, you know, they've trained them or whatever, and they think they're responsible enough to have a gun and they gift them a gun, then they should be able to carry that thing around. And I believe and I that's think legal. They can. I believe that is legal in New Hampshire. I don't know about, Mark, if uh, that's the case in Washington State or, sure. or wherever I, I, else. Yeah, but- this is not uh, legal advice. Uh, your, your particular jurisdiction may have lost its mind many decades ago. Yeah. So, Mud, anything else you want to share? Well, I just, you know, going back, one, one last thing. You know, I really wish that uh, 
those people that don't know much about guns that are trying to pass laws would do the research and learn the difference between what they what they are and what they do because there's a lot of misconceptions that bothers the hell out of me thank you yeah, much so. for the call tonight i do appreciate thank hearing you. from you i want to point out uh, that as a, a study done uh, from 2017 2018 found that there was 857 million guns in the united states and yeah. so if gun owners were lawful you know otherwise peaceful people if they were the problem you'd know about it Right, and that's Mark, more guns than uh, that's than three people. guns for every working age adult. Right, but remember, and you'd mentioned earlier, Mark. Oh well, six hundred million guns, three hundred something million people. It's like no, no, no. Only so many people actually own guns. I right. pulled up some statistics, and in a just a phone poll, you know, like a scientific survey, only about one in three admitted to owning guns. So sure, so that we means figure. That- it's less that, than half. That oh, each I'm sorry. person who yeah, has a gun has probably multiple. nine. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> they released a report estimating the number of civilian firearms in the world. They, oh. The study found that there were more than one billion firearms in the world, 857 million of which were in civilian hands, but they estimated that 393 million guns were owned by United States citizens. Right, and I have heard numbers across the board. Uh-huh. You see, this is the difficulty. It, it's I hard to know. It, well, that's the thing, is, is they really don't know. Right. And when you start figuring in the fact that people can make ARs in their garages now with, they the, can, with yeah. ghost gunners and yeah. things like this. I saw a thing the other day that uh, somebody printed a rocket launcher. What? <laughs> That's right. Somebody printed a rocket launcher, but not the rocket. Uh, well, and and fired it somehow. Right. Oh, I don't. Wow. I don't know if they printed the rocket itself or if they just wow, got an crazy. existing piece of ammunition. Did for they it. have video of this? Firing? I don't know. That's amazing. I can. Three D printing technology look. is changing the game when it comes to guns. I mean, yeah, it ends really the gun happen. debate because it doesn't. I mean, people who are going to do evil with guns aren't going to obey the laws. They already don't. That's right. Passing more laws isn't going to change anything. Right. And the old saying is is that if you outlaw guns, only outlaws have guns. That's right. Yeah. And that means that you're going to take peaceful people who are law-abiding and you're going to make them ille- um, you know, illegal folks. And this is really important is that people who are concealed carry permit holders, you know, they've done statistics on this and uh, run the numbers, and they're actually less likely to commit a felony than a cop. Mm. And don't forget that cops get a certain level of uh, deference uh, professional courtesy as it were sure. um it, it's it's just a little harder to convict a cop of a felony than it is your average person so imagine how much safer a concealed carry permit holder is actually than a cop and then of course i already believe this cops are safer than people who don't have concealed carry permits um because they're, they're less likely to be convicted hmm. i should say they're less likely to be convicted so you know these people who have gone through the trouble of becoming a concealed carry permit holder are very safe people. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts here. We got Olivia on the line in Arizona. Go ahead, Olivia. Hey, so for your regular listeners, I kind of feel like Free Talk Live feels like family, you know? And the more a caller calls in, the more regular they are, the more they kind of feel like part of that family. So, there. Oh, oh, by the way, I'm really glad that uh, Bark's back. It's really good to see him in the studio versus just this picture taped to the chair. <laughs> you don't like facsimile, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than nothing, it. right? To have a picture of me taped to the chair. But, uh, yeah. I always thought it was funny. <laughs> it is funny. That's Captain's idea. But, uh, He's the funniest of us. But looks aren't everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess I'm calling in to talk about Sarah in New Mexico and Dave in New Mexico. And I just wanted to start off with Sarah's really popular in the chat and because uh, I lurk on YouTube. And uh, she's like that wacky aunt that you hear from 
a lot with all these wacky ideas, but it's just fun to listen to her. I guess I'm glad my aunt doesn't call me every day. I don't even know what we're going to talk about. Uh, Olivia, I know you had something to say there. We'll, uh, we'll continue in a moment. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Of course, you can bring up anything that is on your mind. Including your wacky aunt. Sure. Uh, and also, your wacky aunt might be up at the National Mall this weekend with thousands of people pushing for gun control. If we get the chance, we'll talk more about what has been going on there. This is Free Talk Live, and it's the live Saturday show, and phones are open if you want to join us here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're watching video, or at least I was, uh, of uh, the 3D-printed rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about how 3D printing has changed the face of firearms. Yes. Mean, meaning that it's now possible for an individual with... No significant training in gun manufacturing to basically piece together uh, their own gun with the Ghost Gunner products that are out there. Well, the Ghost Gunner, I think, is a CNC machine as correct. opposed to a 3D printer. Um, that's that's correct. A 3D yeah. printer makes things out of nothing. A CNC machine makes something out of Something. Something a block else. of metal. A block of metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, there is a distinction, but... All of these technologies, though, are putting the uh, the power of being able to create a gun from scratch, right. basically, into the hands of the individual. And we were talking about how many guns are in the United States. Well, they're trying This to- adds a huge... It was already unknown, and this adds a huge unknown factor to it because there's no traceability whatsoever with these things. Right, uh, and there's also uh, gun manufacturers online who are doing either the CNC or the 3D printed where you can buy the kits... And basically, mm-hmm. you just have to buy one kit, and then you have to buy another kit, and then those two kits, you know, you need a couple of, you know, home garage-style tools, a drill, maybe a, a saw, maybe a file, stuff like that, uh, and then you can actually assemble your own firearm well, by purchasing the pieces from people who are either 3D printing or doing the CNC. One of the proposals um, that's on the table is to eliminate that in the wake of this. To eliminate... Now- the, the, you know, build your own gun kits, the 80% kits is the 80%. So just to there. prohibit blocks of metal from being sold? Well, not just blocks That's of metal. Tough. The 80% lowers are different than a block of metal. Mm-hmm. So you can make the lower and it's very similar and then you can do it. You can mill it yourself without a CNC machine. You can mm-hmm. mill it with just uh, drill bits and some attachments. Um, but I don't know of a single case, not that I would think it would matter, but you know, I don't know of a single case where one of these guns has been used in, a shooting. in uh, some mass shooting or something like that. Yeah. It probably happened, but why is it? Why is this on the table? The solutions r- rarely have anything to do with the problems. Let's go back to your calls here. Olivia was on the line. She was calling in about some of our other callers, uh, specifically mentioning Sarah, who's a, a regular, what we call a chronic caller in the business. She basically call this, calls this show every night. But worse, she's never actually listening when she calls, so she only hears whatever is on hold. What I like about it is she always phone. brings something new to the table. Most of the time. I'll, sometimes it's I'll Ouija her... boards, sometimes it's uh, you know the shapes she's seen in clouds, other times uh, the, you know her communist meetings. She has recently, at least on the Sunday edition of this program, had some pretty good calls. I'll, I'll, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll defend her, her slightly. Uh, I think she has good calls. I, I think there's nothing wrong with calling often. Olivia, you're back on. Go ahead. 
Uh, yeah, what Mark said, I feel like she always has something at least different. And like I said, wacky. And you guys used to make these um, bumpers of, like, wacky collars, <laughs> and you would play them between the commercials. Yes. And I always really enjoyed them, like the George W. Bush impressions and the fascist collars. And so I feel like if you just keep Sarah talking, you'll get some more gold because she's just so out there. But, like, she's so passionate about it, too. I don't know. And then I like how she face, can just take it, though. Like, whatever it is that one of the hosts mm-hmm. says, she wasn't listening. No, she doesn't <laughs> listen to a word. Just, she just goes She'll on. Go, well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> she just goes on. Because this is the important exactly. thing about getting your message across is to stay positive. Mm-hmm. And she stays positive. Stay focused. Yep. Uh, what else, Olivia? I know. I love, I love how she doesn't take it, like, too seriously. Like, she's unthinkable. <laughs> um but as far as Dave goes, I just feel like he he uh, keeps harping on these judges. But I I can't help but think he said he lives in the desert with no electricity. He goes to town once a month, and yeah. I feel like as somebody as somebody who hasn't spoken to one of their parents in years now, um, you know, if his kids really wanted to get in touch with him, they would they would write, they would call, they would drive out there. I don't know how old they are. Well, but, um, they're, they uh, he's been calling court. so long, and he's told us the story so many times. I know that one of them is, I think, about to turn 18, if I recall right. correctly, and the other one might be a year or, or two younger than that. Um, so if you, you know, if you take his side of the story as, as the truth, and obviously there's more than one side. But uh, the kids certainly have an age. And uh, yeah. they have certainly grown older as they as he's been calling. But if if we were to take his story as uh, as true, then you can presume the mom has been brainwashing them into thinking that he is the evil incarnate, and that uh, they should do no such thing as to reach out to their father. And so I, I don't know if it's 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 not fair because you never know what that other parent is doing or saying right. about that's the other the side. difficulty of the scenarios that the mom could have said anything they yeah. could have she could have accused him of anything and he's not able to defend against it right you can't uh, talk to him because you know i mean i'm i can only imagine she's quite the peach too thank you olivia for the call tonight appreciate it uh we continue here uh major Payne is on the line in michigan go ahead major major hey good evening guys what's on your mind go for the trifecta here right quick if you'll bear with me real quick on the guns this ain't part of the trifecta but the best way to Take uh, one of these libtards that are gun fearing. Is take them. Is to cure them. Is to take them shooting. Yeah. Mm. Let them feel how much fun it is. Take your liberal friends shooting. It's the truth. Yep. Yep. Like you know, and don't 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 let them shoot the Mossberg for God's sakes. Take, take them out. Twenty two. Take, take them. Take them out and let them shoot the AR because this is what they're yeah, scared of. Don't don't give them a, a twelve gauge or a fifty no. cal. Or, yeah. Yeah. Don't but, give them the uh, parrots. <laughs> As far, I heard one little news blip on somebody that got busted with a ghost gun, but he just had it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so they couldn't make a big to-do about it. it Somebody's wife really snitched on him. Ex-wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yep, I remember that. that. But, uh, oh, good God. What else, Major? Okay, I'm going to roll in the mud real quick. Oh, no, I already rolled in the mud. I was, I was talking about taking a libtard shooting. Um, the second one is uh, old Uncle China Joe here has just claimed responsibility and said he's going to pick up the full tab for all the wildfires in New Mexico. Because uh-huh. guess why? They started them with a mandated federal burn. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, Uncle Joe's not going to pick up the tab. It will be the, the taxpayers that uh, will yeah, be picking up that tab. He's going to pass it on to his uh, retarded nephews, that being us. But, and uh, uh, your final point tonight, Major? Well, on this, uh, this 18-year-old kid in Texas that got did that school shooting? Yeah. 
he had over $6,000 of ammunition and accoutrements and was wow. basically penniless. Now, what I'm thinking is the same thing went on that went on with the Michigan militia here. He was baited by the feds. Somebody bankrolled that little There's a good man. chance of that being the case. We haven't seen, obviously, those allegations uh, have not come out yet. They may or may not need that in order to prove uh, that. Wait, is he dead? No, he's dead. The kid in Buffalo survived. So the kid in Buffalo. Uh, we'll Uvalde, probably never hear about it since he's dead. Yeah, the, yeah, right. So we'll never find out what the truth is with the Uvalde shooter. Thank you, Major. But it's an interesting theory because it definitely, it definitely proves to be the case in so many of these quote-unquote terrorist busts that the FBI FBI makes is that the FBI was involved right. from the so day many one. By, uh, by, I mean, basically, there hasn't been an, a terrorist attack at, since 9-11 that the FBI wasn't involved with. Right. Yeah. I mean, are there almost none. None that have been infiltrated, by, or none that have been busted by the FBI. All of them seems like the FBI was involved in from the, the word go. I think the one that they might not have been involved in was the Boston Marathon. Of course, that one actually, that Time one happened. Square van, too. Hmm. That wasn't them? I don't think so. They've been a handful. 603. But most of the terrorist attacks in the United States have been by the FBI. 603-283-6160. You can join us here. It's awfully coincidental that Uvalde happens to be where Matthew McConaughey was born. We're coming up. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. ForkFest takes place the week after ForkFest, but ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there. ForkFest.Party. Free Talk Live. You can join us. The phones are open here at 603-283-6160. Whether you want to comment on the nationwide protests today, thousands in D.C., hundreds in other cities, uh, 400 cities allegedly, that uh, were protesting gun rights. These people are anti-gun. They want to see more federal government restrictions, state restrictions on gun ownership. I'm going to just bring up the thing that I recently have been saying, and I think it holds true. Whenever the whole gun control thing comes up, if government wants to take away guns from individuals because it makes individuals more safe, then they need to be the first ones to put them down. Show us how it's done. Be le- true leaders. Be right? leaders. Yeah. Be leaders. Show us how it's done. Show us how to get government jo- government done, governing the people, right? Show them how they're going to do it without guns. They should be That's the first. Idea. Lead the way. This is um, this. I believe the gun control debate shows the schizophrenia of the modern American government, of the the Constitution, the whole thing. So we know that the First Amendment includes freedom of religion. We know that the that uh, Maryland was a Catholic state. That the that Massachusetts was a Puritan state. We know that there was state religion 
at the time the Constitution was signed and that there was no intent in order to undermine that. The Constitution said, was well, the intention at the time was, is that the federal government would not create a state religion. That way the states, like Maryland and Massachusetts, Could. would sign up. If you use that logic and apply it to the Second Amendment, you would say that a state can create whatever gun laws it wants to create and that the uh, federal government is the only one that can't, that they would be excluded from creating Mm -hmm. a a gun law. Now, we obviously have the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and they aren't outlawing – they aren't as worried about tobacco and um, Mm -hmm. ATF – and alcohol as they are firearms, I can assure you. There's lots of federal – They want people to have tobacco and uh, and alcohol because they get to consume – you know, charge a tax on a consumable. So these things – that that agency shouldn't exist. The federal government shouldn't be able to make a decision. The federal government shouldn't exist. But, um, you know, honestly, the states should be able to make their own laws. If New York wants to make it so that uh, your magazine can only have three rounds, well, by God, they should be able to do that. I disagree because at the... Okay. uh, And I just disagree with the statement that a state should be... Like, the idea of the state should not exist. And that's where I disagree. If we don't have uh, bad states then how are we going to know like cuz all states are bad i well i don't know that i necessarily agree some can, are less bad than others like uh, so new are we Hampshire talking about like less bad than new york we're talking about us states. okay yeah yeah the the concept of statum statism uh, exists in violation of consent so a state is an organization that claims a monopoly privilege over the use uh, over government in a given landmass right it's They're, people it's people. It's right? it's true. It's Psychopathic people, people who want to an organization of people rights. that yeah. wishes to claim. So I mean, but you don't have a problem with governance. You have a problem with governance. That's I have no problem with self governance or the consent to be governed. And almost everybody would have to have that because when you chose self government, you wouldn't be able to watch yourself constantly. So you would have to choose private governance likely security agencies in order to keep you safe and things like that. Um, Those are legitimate. And security agencies may very well say, sorry, you can't have a rocket launcher or a tank or a nuclear weapon. But they may say that you can have a shotgun. This is the thing is is that um, I don't know what a private government would say. But I do know that we have a current set of rules and we call it the Constitution. So if you want to change it, go by the rules. And you have to pick between these two. Well, they have rules. I didn't sign it. Who, they being the, uh, the, the people. government people. Yeah, people. They swore an oath to it. I did not. Well, they, they only seem to care about the part that empowers them, not about the part that restricts that them. Restricts them. Yeah. Let's go to Jet. He's on the line in Kentucky. Jet, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, the captain, and Mark. Yeah, hi. Just wanted to weigh in on this gun thing. Sure. Um, I grew up with guns in the closet, guns on the wall. I actually literally bought my first rifle. At age 12, wow. no paperwork. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Was it it's an air so rifle funny. or a regular rifle? No, it was a twenty two. Twenty two. okay. Yeah. But um, I like to, whenever I'm approached by somebody who said, we should do this, we should, I always want to have a question ready for them. And the one about guns is, are you willing, this is what the captain said too, is are you willing to remove or restrict these things from all people? Right. And I love to see their response, you know, the boo, 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 you know, that type of thing. 
And then they well, say, well, other people, we, have, we live in a society, society makes the rules. Then I, then I ask, well, why are you okay with strangers making rules over you? Yes. And I just love to have these questions ready, you know, um, because we're talking about the Second Amendment militia. Um, you guys probably already covered this, but it was essentially every able-bodied male beyond the age of 17 and like 60 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so the Second Amendment, most people don't get this. It's not about allowing government to do anything. It's about restricting government and giving the power to the people. So the Second Amendment, when it says the right to keep and bear arms is for the people and the reference to a uh, regulated militia is the people. Again, it is not anything to do with government. I'd agree. Um, totally right. you, try to start a militia. Um, you know, and ask the government if you can start a militia. That's going to go well. Yeah, well, <laughs> there needs to be somebody like gun, or, gun Owners of America that kind of converts their membership into some form of militia, militia status. And, yeah. And, I think they're and, outlawed in the, New Hampshire. Well, the Militias? big thing is the so. training. <laughs> I, mean, I, I believe you could quell almost all these issues if people had training. Oh, yeah. Now, I was, I was uh, like I said, I'm had guns in the home. My father was a police detective who was also a gun uh, training officer, whatever. Um, I was in the military in two different branches. I've been a bodyguard. Uh, I had to have training for each one of these things. And uh, if, if people would have to go through a training, even a certification from other members of the militia, let's say, uh, we could eliminate a lot of these problems. Yeah, and I think to your, to your point too, Jet, it used to be, I think, even up until maybe the 60s, 50s, it's maybe the 40s, but, like, they used to have firearms training in public schools. Yeah, people carry their rifles I to school. I was there. I used to take my shotgun to school. Shotgun? <laughs> nice. What yeah. size? A 410 or? 12 gauge. 12 oh. gauge to school. Yeah. Huh. Did, did yeah, you go on a bus had, or did gun. you walk or? Uh, no, I was, uh, I drove at that time. Okay. You know. I was 16. Well, yeah, so so my point is, is that, I mean, the first rule of, you know, if if a place is going to be invaded, the most difficult place for an enemy invader to take over is a place that's heavily armed. So if government was really concerned about foreign invaders invading, they would likely do the opposite of what they're doing right now. They would encourage people to get guns or provide them for them. Right. Because a heavily armed populace. Right. So that that in and of itself. And then if you take that to its logical step, then you would want people to be trained and know how to use them. And so you would do things like have firearm safety training in schools. Yeah. Um, We even in our pickups, even as teenagers in high school, had rifles and shotguns. Yeah. In the, in the back window, yeah. <laughs> even good old days, even man. in the eighties, kids would drive like their dad's trucks to school, and there'd be a couple rifles in the rack inside of the cab. They wouldn't bring them to the school, like when I was going to school, but they they were still there. They'd they, be in the windows, and they, they were locked yeah. in the vehicle, and no big deal. The um, I, I I grew up same way. Dad's rifle was in the closet. It wasn't locked. There was no trigger lock. There was nothing like that. I was told repeatedly over time, you don't touch 
dad's rifle. You've got your own. And it was an air rifle. Yeah. I got to play with mine. I got to use mine. I got to practice with mine. And then when it was time to go out and sh- shoot and learn with his, I could do that. But Thank only you. when he, him there. Jet, thanks for the call tonight. I do appreciate hearing from you. Actually, according to uh, Georgetown, uh, I guess, University, they say that all 50 states prohibit private militias. Uh, now, whether that means you can have a gun club or not is another question. But there's more coming up. It's 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. Free Talk Live. Live Saturday show. Phones are open. You can join us. 603-283-6160 and bring up whatever you want. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, it's Ian. The captain. And Mark. Uh, we are going to continue with more of your calls and thoughts with uh, people around the country marching so-called for their lives. Turns out what they ended up doing was stampeding to get away from someone who allegedly yelled the words gunshot uh, there's video of uh, multiple angles of video of this stampede that happened in D.C. He's today. Every day for our. And then hundreds of people just start running, jumping fences, crushing uh, each other, and. Wow. And this is why you don't get a large. Why are these, people uh, so fracking stupid? Right. Yeah. If you'd, if you can hear somebody yell "gunshot," you would be able to hear the, the gunshot. gunshot. Yeah. In fact, the gunshot would be a lot louder yes. than someone yelling. Uh, but but these, these people, are people that are raised on uh, Hollywood movies, which suggests that you can fire a gun like a closed con- car and oh, not be deaf. Yeah. You yeah. know. Uh, and then they're raised on pure fear, as we were discussing with our caller earlier about guns in general. It's something they just don't understand. They're deathly afraid of it, and that's why they only want government people to have guns. We had uh, uh, mentioned that uh, guns in school, it, I, from, this is from National Review, it was common for schools to have shooting clubs. Even mm-hmm. in New York City, virtually every public high school had a shooting club up until 1969. It was common for high school students to take their guns with them to school on the subways in the morning and turn them over to their subways. homeroom teacher or the gym coach so that the heavy guns would simply be out of the way after school students would pick up their guns when it was time for practice the prohibition by the way on armed civilian groups i've got the actual statute here in new hampshire which new hampshire is known to be one of the most free places as far as gun ownership is is concerned but they say that quote no organization society club post order league or other combination of persons or civil group or any members thereof are authorized to assume any semblance of military organization or character by bearing or possessing rifles, pistols, sabers, clubs, or military weapons of any kind. No sabers. Or wearing a military uniform of any kind. What about a name like Captain? Is that okay? Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, I think it has to be more than one person. Uh, I'm wondering why they chose sabers. Of all the things to represent swords... Of any sort. Why saber? Saber's a uh, a sword that's used from mounted horseback. Yeah, good question. This looks like it went into effect in 1981, so it wasn't. Well, like it was the some Michigan militia thing. thing. Yeah, he's so scared. Oh, right, that yeah. was in the 90s. Wasn't it was. It? it was later than that, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was. So, uh, but you know, there's obviously groups of people that meet together for the purposes of gun trainings. There's something called Gun Church here yeah. in New Hampshire that's gotten a lot of publicity. They meet regularly. They just wrote a law. That's all. 
Yeah. It's not like it, it, it has no meaning because it doesn't. Well, like, is it enforced is the is the question. And if it is enforced, then uh, a natural well, person. Well, they'll enforce it when they feel like yeah. it. A natural person would be guilty of a misdemeanor unless they are some other sort of person, in which case then they're guilty of a felony. So I'm not sure what – maybe they're talking about like a corporation or something how do like you, that. How do you uh, – What else is a, a What kind of criminal natural person? charge can you have against a corporation? Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. You can incarcerate a file folder? We've don't all know. got together and – I mean because groups don't exist. There's just people. There's just people. And sometimes yeah. they get together and they write things on paper. But if you lock paper up – I mean we do that all the time. We call them filing cabinets. Yeah, it would be interesting to see the last time, if ever, this particular statute has actually been used to prosecute somebody. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, it would also be very interesting to put this in front of a jury because people in New Hampshire love guns. And to see if anybody would ever convict their neighbors of this particular charge in the, the sort of the gun culture yeah. that is New Hampshire, I don't think it would fly. But let's go to Jill. She's in Virginia uh, listening on the radio. Go ahead, Jill. By the way, what if you're on the way to on the way to a naval reserve meeting and you're wearing a uniform? I don't think they could arrest you for that. No, no, they wouldn't target government agents. Oh, I see. Anyhow, what I'm saying is that where it says something in the Second Amendment about a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Yeah. Yeah. You regulate the militia by making it fear the citizens. You make it fear the citizens. By having the citizens be armed. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that people seem to forget, or maybe they conveniently... Well, the militia is supposed to be the people. We don't have militias today. Right. We have government agents organized in violent methods against the people, which is not what a militia was. Mm-hmm. And and she's spot on. Governments should fear the people. People should not fear the governments. It's We're in opposite land right now. Yeah, that would change a lot of things. Clearly, government sure. was created. If it was created by people, it was created in order to protect people. That's what they say. Yeah, I mean, that's the idea. But now, then look, the Supreme Court says they have no obligation to protect you. I mean, on one hand, you can't have a modern uh, rule book. And on the other hand, laud the fact that we have the oldest uh, doc- governing document in the world. you got to pick one or the other. Hmm. Jill, anything else you want to share? Well, I read someone said that Ayn Rand said the government exists to protect man from criminals, and the Constitution exists to protect man from the government. (laughs) like that. Yeah, unfortunately, that didn't really work out very well. Thank you, Jill, for the call tonight. Let's talk to Dustin. He's on the line in Kansas. Dustin, you're on Free Talk Live. Firearms' only definition is to kill living life forms. If you take the the, the pistol that, that represents seven heaven or religious righteousness, and you stick down that copper penny to aim at George to to, to to have the only copper penny because of the firearms black metal melt. You're looking at the, uh, the 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 statue in the Lincoln Monument or Lincoln's right. Mark, earlobe. you're following this, right? I have what? Um, so it's a copper penny. Firearms only, firearms only definition is to kill living life forms. That's not really true. That's not true. You could you could go target practice. With you can them. do that, but I mean, but really, what's the point? To, target, to, 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 to practice, to target practice, you're aiming for bullseye. You're aiming to kill. The eye of a bull. You're aiming to kill. Just bulls. You let jet talk. You let jet. Talk. We did let jet talk. Yes. Now, 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 now the firearms. Are you calling jet crazy? 
I, I, I'm saying you're crazy if you have a firearm because the, the seven heaven or the religious righteousness of the pistol and, and, and the attraction Now, that's of the where black you're hole. losing me, uh, Dustin. The, the seventh hole, heaven. The attraction of the black hole on the what, barrel. Now, you got to focus here. What is the seventh heaven and what does it have to do with guns? And pistols. The yeah. pistol The pistol is, is formed as a seven. Or, so, or okay. Because it looks like a seven. R. Right. Because a gun looks like a seven. Okay, I see. I, I, I get where you're coming from there. Now, what's that have to do with the penny, was it? Or the... Yeah, the Lincoln Memorial on the penny. The only reason we have copper pennies upon or or the or upon the what what would that be on the nickel dime corner? Coppers and on the penny. The dollar. What would that be? Well, I want to blow your mind because they say, Dustin, they're going to get rid of the penny next year. Did you hear that one? Did you hear that? That's only because we must have. The end of the firearm? Did you well, know the NRA? I'm sorry to say that's never going to happen, Dustin. The did, did, guns did are never going to go away. You let Ted talk. You let Ted talk. Ted? Ted. Did, you know the NRA, <laughs> did you know the NRA stands for Nazi Racist American? <laughs> I thought it was National Nazi Rifle Association. Nazi, John Quincy Adams wrote the philosophy of Nasser Schmidt. Hey, hey Dustin, how come, how come government has guns then? I believe the police officers would take a a, a billy club. A ple- a gun does kill people. It's not that people. Well, I do agree people. with with Dustin that the police should only have uh, not non gun weapons. I, I think that would actually be an improvement on the police. I know there's been a lot of talk about abolishing the police. We know that's not very likely, but maybe we could just take the guns away from the cops. I think that would be a good start. Yeah, good start. Yeah, I think that would. Thank you, Dustin, for the call tonight. Uh, He's always really hard to figure out, Mark. You looked confused. You didn't. I did. I, don't think you remembered, I, I did remembered not understand him. Seventh Heaven and the pistol yeah. and that kind of thing. And yeah. being from Kansas, all he is is dust in the wind. Yeah, dust in the wind. <laughs> I did like that. That was uh, the first thing I thought of when he said Dustin, Kansas. Yeah, unfortunately, in the wind. guns aren't going to disappear. It doesn't matter what amount of regulations right. there are. It doesn't matter if all the things that this crowd of people in Washington, D.C. want to see passed are passed. They're not going to get rid of guns. Certainly, the criminals are not going to get rid of their guns. They're not going to hand them over. Even if, quote-unquote, law-abiding people are so foolish as to turn their guns over, which would be a huge mistake if they did that, uh, the people to whom guns really matter are not going to. They're going to hold on to them. And others, maybe they will turn theirs over, and then they'll print some out silently and keep right. them as, as As technology increases, um, the idea that you're going to get rid of guns gets less and less likely. And, uh, you know, there's just nothing you can do about it. You can keep trying to squeeze your fist harder and harder, and more will slip through your fingers. we got more coming up, and hour number three is on the way here on this live Saturday episode of Free Talk Live. The phones are open as well. You can join us and bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Whether it's guns or whatever's on your mind, it is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour here on this live Saturday episode. The number is 603-283-6160. With thousands of people protesting in Washington, D.C. and other places all around the country today in favor of gun restrictions. These people do not love freedom. They hate it and they want less of it. And that's what they are uh, getting out there 
It's the uh, March of Our Lives so-called rallies that are happening. We didn't really get a chance to talk about much of what they're saying, but you could probably guess it's the same old, same old, quote-unquote, enough is enough, according to the, uh, the D.C. mayor who spoke at one of these rallies. And, you know, they're t- sick and tired of being sick and tired, and they want politicians to do something about it. But the politicians in D.C. have done something about gun control. They've passed thousands They've of laws. They've passed so many laws, the United States Supreme Court came out and told them to stop, or something to that effect. Yeah, so they want more though, and uh, you guys have been calling in all night. Well, I love it that they, um, you know, they they think that they understand that their laws are ineffective, so they want more laws outside of the region that they don't rule. I well, mean, they want all of the laws everywhere, all of the time, times ten, well, uh, because I, they think that'll make a difference. I know what irresponsible people are like. Irresponsible people are constantly blaming others for their failings. If a politician wants less crime in their given geographic area, they have many tools at their uh, disposal. And if they have managed to get you, the voter, to believe that somehow it is some other politician's responsibility, you've fallen for the trick. Yep, lots of people have called in to share their thoughts on gun restrictions and gun rights here tonight. And we're going to continue taking your calls uh, first up, we've got Tony. He's on the line in Arkansas, listening to Texarkana. Go ahead, Tony. You're on Free Talk Live. Uh, yeah, I just uh, wanted to call and tell you that it's not all gloom and doom when it comes to gun ownership and gun uh, the youth in uh, America. Okay, what's we've the good news? From- well, we got a program here in, in Arkansas, and I'm sure it's in a lot of the southern states. And it, it may be worldwide. I don't know. But uh, we have a program, Arkansas Youth Shooting Sports. And they, my son started this year in the seventh grade at 13 years old. And he sh- has shot a gun all of his life. But they, they shoot trap, which is the clay pigeons that throw out. It's mm-hmm. a competition. Right. You know, it's more of a competition. But they, they, their, their main goal is teaching, like, gun ownership, responsibility, safety, how to handle them, what to do with a gun. Um, and, you know, a little background. When I was growing up in the 80s, I would walk down to catch the school bus and take my 20-gauge and shoot a bunch of squirrels. And when I got on the school bus, I'd hand my shotgun and the squirrels to Mr. Jones, the school bus driver. And uh, he would take them and when i got off off of school out of school and got he would have he'd give me half of the squirrels that were cleaned <laughs> my gun back and you know we never thought twice about if there was a fight at school you never thought that oh i got a gun in my truck or i got a gun you know we go uh but you know i i just i just think that most of the nation is still on board with with firearms i hope so and and you're right it's certainly having classes like you're talking about for young people is very important because the the young people in the united states if they're going to government schools they are getting pounded with propaganda anti-gun propaganda right and it's our responsibility as parents to prevent that right and the number one thing you can do as a parent is to get your kids out of government school because i mean if you i don't i kind of disagree with that really really? Uh-huh. I mean, 
You enjoy a, a large uh, organization filled with thieves and criminals uh, propagandizing your children for yeah, eight hours a day send, for 12 years? Right. Why would you want to send well, your kids to government school? It's like a terrible place. Okay. When you got 95% of the population going to government schools, we can't all get out of government Sure schools. you can. Just walk away. No. Yeah, a little not bit of effort. Not, a, not all of us. Well, um, my son was uh, homeschooled for some time. It's surprisingly easy. What does it cost to homeschool? Almost nothing, but you could buy a curriculum. I don't know. I don't know but well, no, no, I wasn't asking you, Tony. I was asking Mark here in the studio who actually did homeschool his son. Uh, would you say it's less than a few thousand dollars a year for the curriculums and stuff it's like that? It's less than you're spending on school clothes, uh, b- b- school supplies, books, and these sorts of things. I would say that you're... Mm, is it less than the taxes I'm paying to send my kids to government Well, school? that that's the thing, is is that you're certainly right. paying tax so to that's send... Why, that's why we have to fight to have our kids prevent our kids from being indoctrinated but uh, when i was in when i was homeschooling my son i was still paying tax to uh the government to uh, educate why? other people's kids why i wish i knew why because uh, you're afraid they're going to steal your because, house because they'll take my house if i don't okay well but, that's even more reason well I, that's not a reason to send no, kids to a government no, school no. man i mean that's you're putting your kids no. in constant danger of being brainwashed let alone getting shot to death by some psychopath yeah. or whatever if, arrested by a cop I, thrown up against a wall having their heads smashed in by some crazed cop or whatever on a power trip that happens okay, okay well i mean yeah it it, it it may die and it may have happened from the for the past hundred years yeah. You know, hey, just, Tony, just, thanks no. for the call tonight, man. I do appreciate it. Hey, I, some people want to keep their kids in government school, and if that's if they think it's somehow worthwhile, I wish if, them the best. But good luck, because you have no kids, idea what's going on there. If your kids are getting physically assaulted by the teachers and the principals and mm-hmm. the staff at the school every day and came home black and blue every day and bloodied and all that kind of stuff every day, pull you out. would pull them out as soon as possible. Why or would put you up, go to the PTA meeting and rally yeah. to try to change the system? Right. So why would you put up with them mentally abusing your children? Because that's what's happening. They are subjected to mental abuse. Great the point. state is mentally abusing your children by propagandizing them. Yep. Every yeah, it's, day. Um, I call it middle class welfare babysitting day prison. Mm-hmm. And it's because, and I'll, I'll break it down for you. I call it middle class welfare because middle class people still accept the notion of sending their kids to government school. Uh, along with the lower classes, whom we say must have free school because otherwise the kids wouldn't go to school is what the you know the, the idea is. It's Great. rare to not go to school and get a real education in the real world. Right. It's rare that you'll hear upper class people. Upper class people say, hey, look, I don't care what you tax me at. I'm not sending my kid there. Mm-hmm. They're not getting that. A uh, lot of teachers, by the way, also don't send their kids yeah, to government yeah, school. It's, it's a far disproportionate uh, percentage of teachers that refuse to send their kids to government school. Government school teachers. Um, so day prison, middle class welfare, babysitting day prison. Mm-hmm. You know parents want to be able to work one of the parents both parents want to be able to work and so somebody's got to watch the kids in that amount of time now obviously if a kid is of a certain age my son's 14 he could manage himself if that's what we decided to do as a family yeah we don't think it's a good idea we send him now to uh, uh another school to a, a private school but um you know we did homeschool for some time and you know what there was never a problem with his uh, integrating into the 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 top end private school at grade level. Not never was an issue. So 
One of the things that I really like about New Hampshire and the Free State Project and the migration, this ongoing migration of liberty-loving people, is the people that come to New Hampshire that have kids or are going to have kids, they get this. They understand the danger of government school. They get that they will be forced under the threat of their house being stolen to pay for the crap can government schools, but they know better than to send their kids to those government schools. And so they're starting to create alternatives. They're creating systems, uh, voluntary educational systems outside of the government to not just, I'm not just talking about like your private, typical to send your kids to private school, but yeah. like make your own private school, right. make your own unschooling center, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, extracurricular activities, things like that. They're doing this as a community and people that are out there that actually care about liberty and value educational freedom, you got to get to New Hampshire and join the libertarian uh, migration. And here. it's worth mentioning that New Hampshire has. Uh, a bit of legislation where if you do homeschool your kids, you can actually get that amount of tax money that would normally go to schooling school, your kids in yeah. public school. Don't you they call it that. Honduras? You won't pay for any of this stuff. Don't they call it education <laughs> savings accounts? I believe it's. I yeah, believe it has some sort of called. term. It's like pretty that. new. It just came out within the last year or so, right. and it's become incredibly popular. In fact, the program got filled up. I think they have to expand the the budget for it. And boy, are the teachers' unions pissed about it. We're coming up. Talk live. Join us here on the live Saturday episode, the number 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. Everything from guns to education. We just got into that with a caller advocating for people to keep going to government schools, uh, the caller was. And we say, no way. Well, and the thing is, reading, writing, and arithmetic are the fundamental things you need to. Educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Once you have those three things, if there's a topic you want to learn about, it's pretty easy to do. You can add, subtract, multiply, right. and divide. You can operate a calculator. You can read language. Uh, you can write or type, I guess. I don't know if even cursive is taught these days. But once you have those three things, and those three things uh, can be taught to children far faster and easier outside of the public school system. Sure. Yeah, it absolutely can. It's um, that's the truth. Is is that um, those things, reading, writing, arithmetic, those can be taught honestly by the three sixth R's, grade. as they say in the South. Right? Reading, writing, and arithmetic. Uh, yeah, it's the yeah. whole Beverly Hillbillies thing. <laughs> um, they can be done by sixth grade, yeah. and then you wonder what the rest of it's for. Now, I would say that that time should be spent on critical thinking. That critical thinking yes. is something that it's not. No one spends any time on in government school. In fact, quite mm-hmm. the opposite. They don't want you critically thinking about something. They don't want you to have the ability to logic through a problem, um, because if you did that, you might come up with solutions that were not state sanctioned. Right. right. You might not believe what the teachers were saying. And or let me ask you this, them. ladies and gentlemen: If an organization controlled education, any organization besides government. Controlled education. What do you think your opinion, the opinion of the students of that uh, organ, would be of that organization? Don't you think that organization would take the time inside of its schools to create opinions amongst the young minds full of mush, as they say, to say, wow, this organization is really, really great. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you think your opinion of, say, Walmart would be if Walmart ran all the schools? Yeah. Or, or Apple. 
Right. Or, I don't know, how about the Catholic Church? What do you think the people's opinion, largely, of uh, the Catholic Church is that go to Catholic schools? I'm not trying to say anything about the Catholic religion. I'm just saying that most people who walk out of Catholic school probably have a pretty high estimation of the Catholic Church because they've gone to the Catholic school for a long time and been told it's really great. This is the truth about government school. Mm -hmm. Don't expect your kid to have a reasonable opinion about government if you send them to a government school. Yeah, expect them to come out with belief in gun control, with belief that the world's going to end in the next couple of years due to environmental disaster, right. which is a big thing now. They have what they call, quote-unquote, echo-anxiety amongst young people today. Yeah, every time there's a school shooting, they send a, an email home from my son's uh, school saying, hey, if they you need counseling for something that didn't happen. And this is a, a private school? This is a private school, absolutely. We go to Robert in California, listening in uh, Eureka. Go ahead. Uh, Robert. Yeah, I want to run something by you guys about gun issues. Sure. Um, Everybody wants to be happy about this. And so my solution is that you make the gun, the rifle range, the Las Vegas, and you have restaurants, you have a gym, you have a playground. Then you have lockers for all the guns. You get all your guys together, and you have a gun cleaning party. But you leave the high-tech items in the locker, and you go home. What's the high-tech? Guns? Phones? Yeah, uh, AR-15s. Okay. Okay. So you want people to have AR-15s, but only at this, uh, this mall where they can shoot. Yeah, and they take the whole family there, and they make a big deal out of it, and they have fun playing with their guns, and when the di- when the day's all over, they put them away, and they go home. Do you think that the uh, rooftop Koreans during the Rodney King riots would have thought that it was a good idea to not have their ARs uh, convenient at the time? No. Yeah. Do you think the people, the black people that were uh, surrounded by angry white lynchers um, in Rosewood, do you think that they would have liked the idea that their uh, rifles weren't available to them? No. Yeah. I'm talking about. I'm talking about maybe a solution going forward to try to make everybody happy. I so the you. people that are afraid. No, I think that's going to make shot, people happy. I don't think that's going to make the people happy no. who actually want to defend themselves or want to have guns around for the purpose of self-defense, and whether it be at their home or their business or wherever they happen to if, be. If the people uh, like who, who are protesting here, if the people in these protests would take responsibility for themselves, then that would well, solve the problem. To, what, I to say is, what I wanted to say is that aside from the normal protection weapons. You get a handgun, you keep it at home. You get a rifle because you're a, you're a hunter. But you don't get an AR-15 on the street. You got to play with it at the gun club. Why? Why? Because yeah. they're threatening to everybody else, and they can be in the hands no, of people. No, they're not. They're not threatening to everybody else. This is the view of a person who lives in California. It's probably fairly common. Uh, for someone living in California or Massachusetts or something like that, where there's a tremendous amount of fear surrounding guns. When I see a gun on somebody's hip who's not a cop, 
I feel better about where it is I am because I know that that person is likely somebody who is someone who's concerned for safety, somebody who understands. Yeah, but that person doesn't have an AR-15 on their head. I don't care if they do. Well, an AR-15 is difficult to carry um, in sort of public, and I don't think that it's – I don't personally believe in sort of long gun carry out in public, but – that's just that's a choice what I'm that talking I, about. I hear you. Well, no, you also said people should keep their pistols at home. No, sir. I think that people should have their ARs at home. No, no. The reason is that they no, should have an AR I at home. I want him to that. clarify this. You said you didn't say keep pistols at home? No, I said you can keep a pistol at home for self defense. You can keep a rifle what at home. What if I want the hunting? pistol on me yeah. when I'm walking around? That's okay. Okay, great. Well, we that's can agree okay. on that much. That's not a. What if, what, what if I want to open carry it? What if I want to open carry the pistol? That's fine too. Okay, it's great. not an AR-15 assault weapon. Okay, I have a question. Why do you think it's okay for you to tell other people what they can and can't do? I'm not saying that either. I'm making a suggestion. Well, your suggestion is that people do what you think they should do. Why do, why do you get to make that decision for them? Okay, let me let me rephrase that. That is my opinion. And if it's it's fine if he wants to persuade people to think in the same way and then he wants to live in a place where they all agree to not carry AR15s or any other long guns around, I think that's totally fine. And this comes back to what you were saying before, Mark, is that people who have similar viewpoints on things like gun restrictions or educational freedom or whatever it is we're talking about should get together. People that love this idea should move out to Eureka and be around. No, Eureka is the, the the country. Uh, they want to be able to have their guns in Eureka. They should move to San Francisco. Isn't Eureka a highly liberal leftist city in California? I don't think it is. I believe it is. Okay. Robert? Robert? Yeah, yeah, we're progressive. Yeah, quite. Oh, Thank you for the call huh. tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. In fact, our radio station out there is a progressive, one of the few progressive talk stations I did uh, not know. left in the United States. KGOE. More coming up here in moments. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. Thank you, Robert, for that call. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us. The phones are open if you want to join in here at 603-283-6160. You can also call us on our SIP line. You can go to sip.freetalklive.com to learn how to connect to it. It does take a few steps to get it set up, but once you get that done... It's just a quick press of the button, and then you're connected to us, and you'll sound a lot better in a lot of cases. SIP.freetalklive.com. And if you want liberty in your lifetime, Mark is going to be heading over to the Free Cities Foundation annual conference. Yeah, that's going to be great. Called Liberty in Our Lifetime. Is this like year number two for this? That's right. Okay. Uh, It is happening in Prague. Was that where it was last year? No, last year it was in Switzerland. All right. I got to, by the way, it was uh, in East, Eastern Switzerland. Yeah, Eastern Switzerland. So it was right by Liechtenstein. Oh, yeah. I've heard that's a pretty free place. um, I went there Mm -hmm. and I would say that it is free in so much as there's not a lot of intrusion in your life. But, you know, like it's it's a hard place to move to. Why? Because they just don't want you there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i hear that it's... they can they control uh their freedom by controlling immigration hmm. uh, i hear that uh, Liechtenstein is one of the freest places on the planet but it never shows up in any of the small, rankings yeah. because it doesn't have enough population 
Yeah, that's what I've heard too. It's mm-hmm. basically like a city state, right? It's not very large it, at all. It, well, it's bigger than that. I mean, mm-hmm. there's it's several towns strung together. Mm-hmm. It's basically a county huh. um, in uh, a canton. It's essentially a rogue canton of Switzerland. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's technically still part of Switzerland, but no. not really. It's uh, sort of Switzerland's the big brother. Uh huh. Not part of Switzerland. Huh. Uh, learn more about what are the different options around the world, the different communities springing up, offering opportunities for settlers to live freer lives. This is something you've been following very closely, Mark, in the last roughly half a decade. Uh, the conference theme this year is Parallel Structures for Progress. The discount for Free Talk Live listeners is 20%. You can save that by using code FTL20 uh, over at their website, lifetimeliberty.com. The event again in Prague, October 21st through the 23rd. You can follow their Twitter account at handle at Liberty IOL, like Liberty in our lifetime. And uh, you can get your ticket soon. Get the early bird discount while it's still available. Plus, if you want to buy it in Bitcoin, you can drop them a line directly uh, to inquire through their Twitter. In that case, LifetimeLiberty.com. Code FTL20 saves you 20% on the Free Cities Foundations Conference, Liberty in Our Lifetime, coming up in October. It was a really great event um, the, the last time. And uh, How many people were there? couple hundred 300 that's really good for a first year yeah it was really great for a first year and i think it's going to be so much bigger this go around um the europeans well for one they don't have as many libertarian events so they're much more likely to go to one of them Mm -hmm. um and they look at liberty differently than americans do and i think that that's uh it's worth hearing what they have to say Mm -hmm. i think it's a a great event and if you need an excuse to go to prague well there it is there you go it's uh, i was gonna say i when i was doing the band thing we were trying to arrange a show in prague i met a guy through a work thing where he his family had a place and we were trying to get a free place to stay and so all we had to do was pay like airfare and rent some instruments and go play a show over in Prague but it just never materialized and I regret that. I imagine the yeah. airfare wasn't cheap back then either. No. <laughs> Let's go to your calls and thoughts. Uh, Jacob is in South Carolina listening to WRNN in Myrtle Beach. Go ahead Jacob. Hi there. Hey. Um, I just wanted to make a few comments on gun the gun control continuation of the sure. conversation before. So um yeah, I, in South Carolina, I've grown up in the country my whole life, and like I sleep with, I, I, I don't. It's not legal for me to carry a pistol. Me, I have a rifle. Um, growing up, I lived out in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm. I, I would call myself a liberal. I mean, I'm pretty. Just see how it goes, politician to politician. So I've have a lot of liberal friends too, and um, a lot of my. Right now, I live in a suburb. Okay. I feel completely safe, and all my friends, I mean, it's not a worry, but growing up in the country, there's just things that living, growing up, these, like, people in liberal cities, like, even in Charlotte, I've got friends, and they, they, just, they just don't understand what it's like to live out in the country and call the police and wait maybe 30 minutes for someone to get to you. That can happen in the city, too. Right. And I mean, let's let's not forget that there's instances, criminal instances where seconds count and the cops are still 10 minutes away. I mean, even if the cops show up in 10 minutes, what are they? A very fast cleanup crew. Mm hmm. And again, the superior court or the uh, the courts have ruled that police have zero duty to protect you. That's right. It's true. I really don't think, though, that in somewhere like New York City, I don't think anyone should be in possession of a gun at all. Like, it's just. 
not the place for. There's nowhere to shoot in the city. It's, well, it's, it's, indoor gun range. You shoot, uh, you shoot at the person who's threatening is, you. I suppose if you feel threatened, um, I mean, I. Why wouldn't you want to have a concealed carry uh, weapon on you if you're in a place where you feel like crime might occur? What I'm saying, for for a gun, a gun ban makes sense in a place like a city. Well, Why? We so only criminals, only criminals have guns? Because the criminals aren't going to listen to your gun ban, right? That's why I think that there's not really a solution that can solve for everyone. Okay, so don't they take guns away from people that aren't criminals. They should have done something long, long time ago. Before, like what? Like modern weapons. Well, the Second Amendment was created before um, the modern handgun. Like, they didn't have well, bullets. The First so Amendment was created before computers. Do you think we should limit what people say on the online? That's not the point. You could have said anything. Modern technology Some has people changed. Do. Some people do believe people that. People killed people back then, too. Yeah, I mean, we live in New Hampshire. Uh, Manchester obviously isn't as urban as New York City, but it's a city with over 100,000 people living in it, uh, and people have guns there all over the place, and it's totally fine. It just depends. I, I'm not for... I'm for banning the sale of assault weapons and why do you why do you get to choose why does your opinion get to decide who gets to own what property what gives you the right to decide what other people can and cannot own for the security and safety of the citizens well the security and the safety of the citizens was determined by having assault weapons in situations like the rodney king riots when the uh the the rooftop koreans get up there would you want to go take their weapons away so that their businesses were set on fire i mean there are people who are able to defend just recently in the last uh, two years when the riots were occurring across the united states be able to defend their businesses because they had rifles the cops were did you want to take that away from them the cops had their their station set on fire. I don't know about all that. Thank but, you, well, Jacob. The truth. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, and thanks for the call tonight. And the point about, and, and I do appreciate the perspective. Uh, Look, I don't like the idea of people going out and shooting people, ran, innocent people randomly. I'm not advocating Almost for that. never happens. Well, it, it, I mean, but it does. The news picks up the stories here and there. It does happen. Um, every once in a while, somebody goes out and does something bad. Now, they're less likely to do it with an AR. They're less like murders are far less likely to occur with an AR than they are with a hammer or a knife. Yeah, the thing is, when somebody uses the excuse they did with you, Captain, oh, it's because for the good of society. Well, who decides what is good for society? Right. Who decides? And there, there's different viewpoints on right. what America is good. America isn't even a society. Like, these are the people who want to ban things across the entire United States. And not not the young gentleman that was just calling in. He was saying specifically in urban areas, um, which I think is interesting that you're making the distinction. I like the, the distinction being made, but I, I don't see people any People in cities have rights, too. Right. And There's the right cities to in Texas yourself. where people can own guns. There's yeah. cities in Arizona where people own guns. Let's talk to Peakless Mountaineer in New Hampshire, uh, normally here with us on uh, Saturday night. Uh, appreciate you stepping away so Mark could be in. What's on your mind? Uh, just uh, real quick before I get into it, uh, you were asking about uh, sabers and uh, natural persons. Yeah. Uh, the the reason that sabers are associated with uh, military garb is they're uh, the only sword that you'll find both in the cavalry and on a ship, um, okay. as well as the, uh, uh, the Marines. And a natural person is uh, what you and I think of as a person. 
Indeed, right. indeed. Uh, the the question is, what is a non-natural person? I and presume how do you, that means how do you corporation. Uh, corporation? Yeah, corporation basically. Criminal? Uh, yeah, how do you charge a corporation so. with a felony, though? That's really the question. Hang on, I know you were calling in for some other reason, so stand by. More with uh, Peakless Mountaineer. Your calls and thoughts are welcome in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are imminent. Live. Phones are up in here if you want to join in. The number is 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian, the captain, and Mark. If you missed a moment of the show, you can always go and download the latest episodes over at freetalklive.com. You'll find them right there in, if you're on the full uh, browser, not your mobile, it'll be on the left-hand side. If you're on the mobile browser, it's probably easier to just click the listen menu and then go to archives and you'll find them there. Uh, so head over to freetalklive.com. You can also subscribe to Free Talk Live via our podcast. We touched earlier tonight on the technology of podcasts. You do need to have a podcast client of some sort. A lot of people use iTunes. I don't know why, but they do. Uh, and so you take our RSS feed from feeds.freetalklive.com. You plug it into your favorite podcast client, and then you receive every episode of the show as they are released. If you would prefer a smaller amount of content you can subscribe to our uh, feeds that only have say the daily digest which has uh, 20 or 30 minute shows every single day sort of cut down from our full two or three hour shows sometimes it's uh, usually it's 40 minutes Okay. I don't listen often uh, to the Digest. I love so I don't it. Know. I think the Digest is just great. I agree. Uh, normally when I look at them, they're like close to 30. But anyway, uh, that's what's there for you. That's an option. And then there's also the sh- full shows only feed. So we've got a few different feeds you can go and subscribe to, whichever one you want, uh, over at feeds.freetalklive.com. We go back to Peakless Mountaineer on the line in New Hampshire. Go ahead. You're on Free Talk Live. You're back. Yeah, so um, I was looking over these documents that got declassified because uh, a couple of senators are like, hey, this disinformation governance board is just targeting American speech, Mm -hmm. in particular, our kind of American speech. So I was looking through the the declassified documents and some interesting stuff. So uh, Mm. for one thing, they're like, oh, no, we're not talking to any of the social media people. And then in their own document, it's like, yes, you have previously met with uh, Twitter's vice president of public policy and philanthropy for the Americas. Um, wow. I didn't know this information had come out. Was this just recently? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty darn recently. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, all these uh, all these documents just got uh, declassified by a couple of senators. Um, wow. But there's this one, this one particular bit uh, where it's... Um, the key objectives for why they were meeting with the Twitter people. Uh, I'm sure it's for uh, our best interest. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, This meeting is is an opportunity to discuss operationalizing uh, public-private partnerships. And Mm. I don't know what that means, but I don't think I like it. Um, Well, it sounds like government and private partnerships. Yeah. Right? Well, it's that, yes. Private by Uh, what they mean is Twitter. (laughs) Yep. But uh, it, including the creation of uh, Disinformation Governance Board and its analytical exchange and uh, – sorry, hang on. So here was the thing that I thought was just really strange, um, that Twitter become involved uh, with the Disinformation Governance Board analytic exchanges on domestic violence, extremism, and irregular migration. And I got to say, I've, I've come across a lot of wacky terms, but like – 
what exactly do they mean by irregular migration? Like, is that us? I think it very well could be people who move uh, have moved for the Free State Project or perhaps leave the United States for to find more freedom, uh, give up their citizenship in order to not uh, have to pay ridiculous U.S. tax. Um, people who might go to Washington, D.C. for a protest on a particular date that they've recently had a hearing about. Um, you know, whatever it is, we're going to need to check your papers soon. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think of, uh, I mean, I don't know how they're using it, but I wouldn't think that, like, just going there for a protest would be a, a migration. What was the term before the irregular migration? Because I didn't quite... Oh, yeah, this is, this, so, that, like, there's a couple of terms that they're real fond of, like, um, uh, MS, or, sorry, MDM, which is misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation, which is apparently <laughs> different. But uh, the, this term that they use all the time is... <laughs> malinformation the, isn't wrong. It's just not bad. what we want you to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what on earth? But yeah, uh, and the other term that they like to use all over the place is what they call domestic violent extremism. DVE. So, yeah. so there's regular domestic violence... And then there's extreme domestic violence. <laughs> That's right. Is that like when the WWE gives a demonstration it's with when wrestlers? It's sponsored by Red Bull. Ah, okay. Or Mountain Dew Extra or whatever it is. Yeah. For what it's worth, they say here on the internets that uh, irregular migration, there's no universally accepted definition of it. However, the International Organization for Migration defines it as, quote, movement that takes place outside the regulatory norms of the sending, transit, and receiving countries. So free migration basically people that don't ask for permission quote-unquote illegal uh immigration i can't remember the last time i asked permission yeah uh well you do ask permission every time you go into the like a, airport yeah yeah uh peakless uh, anything else you want to share no nope, just wanted to put it out there that uh, a these uh documents all got declassified hmm. and b they are specifically targeting uh like through twitter in particular in this uh, God, honestly, one of the most terrifying things I've ever heard of is a public-private partnership. But uh, they are specifically targeting uh, what they call irregular migration. Interesting. Thank you, Peakless, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Let's go to Josie in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Josie. Yeah, not much time. I'll have to just be brief, brief, brief for the report it's worth department. Uh, we always had these people that have come to say, oh, we need, you know, please do something, please do something about the guns. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they're going to keep on having these guns as long as they're having the same kind of thing. And it's going to be the same old thing. And I've got something that I think we should just turn the plot back to when they didn't have so many people shooting like they do. And what they did was maybe in the 1800s or maybe early 1900s um, when there was someone who definitely was a mass murderer. They would bring out the scaffolding in the Times Square or the town square. And then they would um, invite the public to come and see it, and they would hang the man. Public execution. Whoever did it. So bringing and it I back. That now, that of course, makes, the problem. That, that makes a very visual uh, uh, scene. The problem, for of course, anybody. Josie, with the death penalty is what if you get the wrong guy? If you know the person did it, you have a speedy trial. You don't wait five years, 10 years, 20 years. Yeah, that's one thing I would certainly say is, is that cruel and unusual punishment should be. Um, I mean, sitting in sitting on death row for ten years is cruel and unusual punishment. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I if, just think they should punish the way they used to punish them because it made a visual impression and people didn't do it anymore. 
you didn't have these shootings the way you, have, you do now. Should they be televised? Would you have like a pay-per-view on HBO? Hey, maybe that's a good idea, too. I would not <laughs> say yes or no. Thank you, but Josie. But I agree with you everything you said. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling tonight. So I don't know. Um, I, I haven't looked at crime. Well, I guess I could say this. Is crime rates are higher now than they were um, in, say, Dodge. If you compare like Baltimore to Dodge City, it was like the last, the last time I looked at statistics, it was like 27 times more dangerous. Meaning Dodge City is? No, Baltimore. Okay. Baltimore, <laughs> um, And like, you know, New York City was 10 times as dangerous as uh, Dodge City. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're just sort of comparing the Old West with the new modern uh, eras. So it may be true that there was less crime. Well, Josie's arguing it's because of public hangings. Public I, executions. I, I'm. I wouldn't be able to say whether it was or not. I'm. I'm just trying to t- to look at the numbers. I'm against um, capital punishment because I believe that you will have you will necessarily have some mistakes. Mm-hmm. And if you have some mistakes, then you are the killer that you are trying to kill. Mm. Um, if you advocate for a system that kills, and that ad- that system will necessarily be flawed. Because it's are, run by people. Then you are the killer that uh, you wish to kill. Um, I, I'm against it for that reason. But, you know, I have religious qualms against uh, these sorts of things, and that's my argument. I want to bring Gigi on the line here in South Carolina. Gigi, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, you're on the air. Go ahead. You always emphasize the importance of current events, which I am most passionate about. I have a question. Sure. I feel, in my personal opinion that it seems to me that President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris bad-mouthing Guatemala, Venezuela, Nicaragua, and Cuba, and purposely not including them in this important conference of the Americas being held in Los Angeles, Hmm. is counterproductive. If our federal government is so gung-ho about promoting economic development and curtailing illegal immigration, why the hell not sit down and talk with the leaders? Good question. Um, question. I know that Honduras is looking at uh, not participating because um, other places are not being allowed to come, like, for instance, Cuba Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, You know, I I don't know. I can tell you that the crutch that uh, socialists use to justify the reason their economies suck is always that America's ruining it. And, um, you know, I don't don't know. I mean, you know, on one hand, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't justify a tyrannical system by even doing business with them. Yeah, it's weird, too, because the federal government's been cozying up with the Venezuelans recently. They want their oil. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com.